I'm Priscilla McKinney, host of Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. You have tuned in and you are in for a treat. This is one of my very, very most famous, popular, loved on, just amazing speakers. And I just, I cannot tell you how much you are going to enjoy this next conversation with Anise Cavanaugh. Welcome to Ponderings from the Perch. Oh, Priscilla, thank you for having me. Well, last year, um, I was at Wire Exec uh, Retreat, which for those of you who aren't familiar with the market research, uh, um, you know, um, microcosm, uh, that is a an executive retreat for women in research. And it's put on by a great friend of mine, Kristen Luck, just absolutely amazing, um, who's founded Wire. Although I say, in all fairness, it's put on by a lot of other people. And, um, and you can hear almost all of them on my podcast at some point or another. But uh, Kristen, was the one who invited you to come and speak at our executive retreat. And let me just tell you, that is such an end of the conference season for us, mm. this group. And we came in and I, I'm, I'm almost like tearing up, just kind of just re- revisiting just the amount of, of um, peace you brought. And tell people a little bit about this experience. And then I'm going to let you explain your methodology, uh, your magic, your madness, all this kind of stuff <laughs> all rolled into one. But Anise is, talks on one of my favorite conversation points, and that is culture. And more specifically, she wrote a book called Contagious Culture. I'll let her tell you a little bit about it, but I also want to make sure that we end today by making sure that you know that her new book is coming out. It's called Contagious You, and you are going to love the principles in here. So I'm going to, I promise I'm going to stop talking, but I'm so excited (laughs) and I'm going to let you talk, Anise. But I want to tell people why your work was so impactful for me and why Mm -hmm. this is a connect. Because we were sitting there really planning strategy and bringing heart into it and thinking about how we want to be leaders and, and what's next for our companies and what's next for our families and just the whole integrated, you know, beautiful mess that it is that we're trying to do as executives. And you just stunned me with this concept of being able to show up in a way so that your presence is a gift. And I walked away from that retreat just really, it was a, it was a, a hard hit in some ways, but it was the most kind hit because I don't believe as a leader, as a mom, as a spouse, as, you know, friend, as all those things that I'm showing up in the way I want to show up. And I think that's true across the board. But you had such a beautiful way of of not making that a horrible recognition or, or realization. But it was just this peaceful, okay, when you don't, when you don't, because you won't sometimes. Mm-hmm. This is what you can do in the moment to correct it. And I wish I could say that I've been able to do that on a, an, an amazing level this year. But more than anything, I'm practicing it, Anise, and that's that's what matters. So tell everybody here, um, not in my words, but what is this IEP methodology that you created, the I- intentional emotional presence? It, it, tell everybody about it, where the idea came from, and, and really, you know, when you speak from your heart, what starts coming out? Mm-hmm. Well... Uh, Priscilla, first I have to tell you, I have goosebumps. Um, I'm so, I'm so moved by the way that you were impacted by that last year. And I just, I just want to start with saying that the work is about presence, not about perfection. So 
you know, when you, when you say like, I wish I could have been doing it right this whole year, I, I actually go, okay, just even the fact that you've got awareness around it and the desire and the heart is there, like I'm guessing it's just exactly perfect. So I just want to offer that. Um, it is, it is so not about perfection. A lot of times people learn this work and they think, oh my gosh, I got to show up a certain way and I got to be on all the time. Uh, no, not even a little bit. In fact, it's even giving more space for when we're not showing up in a way that feels great so that we can reboot and then learn from that and then show up in a way that's more authentic. So mm-hmm. I just want to offer that just, just as a, as a kind of an exclamation mark on your, on your share. Um, <laughs> does that, it, isn't it yeah. interesting on a side note that sometimes you feel like you can be showing up in one aspect of your life in a great way. Yeah. You might be, you know, just winning it on work, but then you're, totally failing at home or you're you're just you're just you know knocking it out of the park at home and in your personal relationships and then it's just wow you just can't seem to break that that you know that mold that you've created for yourself and you can't seem to show up the way you want to at work you know it just it feels like it is always always in motion oh for sure it's you know it's it that's life what you're speaking about right now is such the if if that's not the human experience I don't know what is you know it's um where this whole notion of work-life balance and everything's got to, you know, I got to show up well at home. I got to show up well at work. I got to show up as a great mom. I got to show up as, I mean, it's, it's crazy making. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in the pursuit of work-life balance that that actually creates even more stress than just going, all right, you know what, right now showing up really beautifully here, killing it at work. Gosh, I need a little bit extra attention over here. You know, so it, it is, it is a dance. And I think that the more we give space for that dance in our life and the nicer we are to ourselves in it, then the easier it becomes to show up more beautifully in more areas in our lives. Right. So, okay. So I know you asked me. Yeah. <laughs> so tell everybody fun. about this, this IEP, like this, okay. this is your, your baby. What, where'd it come from and, and what is it? This is my baby. So IEP stands for intentional energetic presence which is just what it sounds like. It's, it's being intentional about the energetic presence you bring to everything you do. So whether you're with your child or you're leading your team or you're on email even or preparing for taxes, it's being conscious of your energetic presence and what you're bringing into that experience. So the, that, that's, that's one way of looking at it. And the other way of looking at IEP is we break it apart and it's looking at your intention, which is what you want to have happen. It's looking at your energy, you know, and how you're showing up and how you feel and, you know, having the energy and the stamina to sustain yourself. And then it's also looking at your presence, which is about being incredibly present in the moment in your life, um, you know, and of course, how you're actually showing up in that presence. So it's, it's, that's, that's the gist of IEP. There's a methodology that I know that I shared with you when I was with you last year, and there's three different parts. And it's basically around being able to reboot your presence in the moment when you're not having that great showing up moment, um, being able to reboot your presence in the moment. It's being able to build a really strong energetic field and foundation so that you can have more energy and stamina to actually do the things you're here to do. And then the third component of it is being able to create intentional impact, which there's frameworks around. 
Oh, my goodness. And when when I hear you as a leader to say, you know, intentional impact, you're just like, yes, yes, want that. You know, I want that for my kids. I want that in my community. And so it's just it's such a something that, you know, when you when you can get that mindset and wrap wrap your some of your actions around that, all of a sudden it starts pouring out into so many places in your life. So tell us what actually inspired you to start sharing your story and 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 how. And, and and really to share the methodology, what 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 was the what was the um, push over it? Yeah. So okay. So I I started actually I started in a really different place than I'm at now. I started working with athletes many many years ago, and um, it's it's a long it's a long evolution of um, getting to this place. But the main thing that I noticed was that when I worked with people they could have the most amazing skills. You know, so if we're talking at athletes, we, they could have amazing athletic prowess. If I was working with executives, they could have, you know, their leadership degrees, their PhDs, their MDA, MBAs, like, you know, they could be at the top of the organization. Um, and, you know, if I was working with doctors or healthcare, it, it, didn't, it didn't matter. If I was working with human beings, any human being, what I noticed was no matter how good they were at their job, their job or the role that they were playing, if they didn't have the right intentions underneath their actions or clean energy as they were leading it or a really beautiful presence in doing it, if their IEP was not uh, whole and intact, it didn't matter how good they were at doing what they were doing. They were often leaving a lot of potential impact on the table and sometimes they were burning themselves out. So you know, I started many, many years ago, again, with athletes, and then I moved into leadership development, I worked into working with organizations and physicians, like all these different things. And it was just this piece in me that kept seeing this missing link that so many times in leadership and culture work and just trying to in performance, we're so focused on the skills and, you know, getting those credentials that we forget to take care of ourselves, we forget to check in with our intentions, we get we forget to be present in every moment so that we can actually navigate what's happening in real time. Well, and you say navigate, and I just, I'm so appreciative of the way you opened up and said, hey, Priscilla, cut yourself a break. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, we can't possibly always be there, but it kind of uh, brings to mind just this morning in our production meeting, uh, I started with, uh, you know, going through the group and we just do a very, very quick check-in and we, we talk about, hey, what's what's going on in my head right now? What's going on with my hands? Like, what, am, what, what uh-huh. do my hands have to do today? What's going on in my heart today? Just a real quick one, two, three. And at the very end, we all have to say, and with that, I'm in. So we bring ourselves, you know, into the room. And it was it's funny that you would say this, that we would be having this today, because in my my heart one was I just said, guys, I'm I'm just worn thin. I'm just yeah. I'm 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 really don't have the energy right right now. But with that, I'm in. And yeah. it, it was it was interesting because I am this very energetic. And, and I, I think I said intentional emotional presence. But yeah, it's energetic presence. But you and I talked a lot about the, the ideas of vibration and how you show mm-hmm. up and what you're putting in there. And I always want it to be, you know, great energy, clean energy. But mm-hmm. you're right. Sometimes even just the acknowledgement to everybody around you that I, I can't do that right now. I'm just right. I, I don't I don't have it. That can be really interesting. So tell us a little bit more about that. When you talk about the practice, you call it a practice of showing mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about that. What What do you mean? And how can we build more awareness around that? 
Great. So, well, what you did, what you did this morning, I mean, just, just telling the truth, you know, so it's really funny. It's, it's just even notice what you did this morning in that meeting. You just told the truth. Here's where I'm at. Here's you check in with your heart and here's where I'm at. Just telling the truth actually creates an energetic release in the room where people are like, okay, truth is in the room. Now we can navigate from truth versus a lot of times we go in and we're like, oh, I'm a leader. I got to show up really on top of it. And oh gosh, I just had like the worst morning of my life, but I'm going to go in and pretend like everything's fantastic. People feel our incongruency, even if they don't know what they're feeling, they feel it. And so I look at, you know, I look at everything as we're always creating contraction in our system or expansion. And contraction oh gosh, is. I forgot that. That was such a okay. Yeah, go go with it. That's so good. Isn't that fun? Well, <laughs> it and, it, and it ties into showing up. It, it, it is. It, it ties in this question about showing up because if you think about like contraction is, you know, your your body gets a little tight. Every everybody experiences this differently. Generally speaking, you know, people will share that like their body gets a little tight, their chest gets tight, their breathing gets a little shallow. They just energetically feel contracted, mm-hmm. and that's usually when we're in busy mode. We've got an intention that's unconscious or it's not clear or we're not feeling good and we're pretending to feel good or we're asked to do something that just doesn't feel right to us and we want to make people happy. And so we go into contraction mm-hmm. and you know, our language can be contracting. You know, I, I know, I know we, we all joked around about the language of busy. You know, if I talk about how busy I am all the time, that actually creates some contraction in my system and in my experience. <laughs> Most people don't love to hear anybody talk about how busy they are all the time. So, you know, it is such a (laughs) such a crazy part of our culture. It is. It's, you know, and and unchecked. It's a mess. It can can be a mess. It's a lot of contraction. So Mm -hmm. so what we want to do instead is we want to look at how do we create expansion? And, you know, so this morning you telling the truth, taking a deep breath, that's expansion. In any moment, if I'm feeling stress, if I can catch myself even having that stress or that contraction, and I take a deep breath, I'm now winning because now I have awareness. You know, the the awareness is, I always say that this work is 70% awareness. So the minute I realize I'm not showing up the way I want to show up, or I'm feeling contracted, but I'm pretending to be okay, or, you know, whatever might be going on, the minute I have awareness that I'm not present, or I'm not showing up in a way that I want to show up, I now am at choice. And from choice, that's where I get all my power back. And what and so, is that awareness, but really just uh, embracing the truth that is right then, yeah. whatever that is? Oh, yeah, I, it, I love that. I love that. I forgot about that contraction expansion part, but you write about the vibration. You know, you feel it when someone walks in the room and it's just like, oh, crap. <laughs> oh, for know? sure. Or, for or, sure. or you say something to someone, and I know as a leader, it, you know, and I'm sure all of us as a you know, have experienced this as a parent too, or, you know, or as a child ourselves. But, you know, when someone says something to us in a way that just is so uninviting and is so definitive and is so, you know, it can, it can break us down and shut us down. And that contraction of even, you know, no eye contact and, and just, you know, that um, Mm -hmm. even the, the shoulders coming forward and this, you know, it is really a shutting down of some sort. It can be. So then, so then you bring me back to the showing up component because when I look at showing up, when I think of showing up, I'm talking about showing up for ourselves first so that we can show up for other people. So for example, if somebody comes in and they're in a contracted state, they walk into the room and you feel the energy drop in the room, 
then showing up for yourself, let's just say it's you. So somebody comes into your team. So Priscilla, for you, showing up in that moment might be taking a deep breath and bubbling up. Remember the bubble, just bubbling up and holding your space and not matching that lower vibration that just came into the room. So that's that's an example of uh, being able to show up for yourself and hold your own space so that you're in a better position to actually bring the energetic vibration up in service of the room versus getting sucked into whatever just whatever just came in. And that was that you really you really talking to us about, you know, asking yourself almost on a continuous loop, is this how I want to show up? Is this what I want? Is this mm-hmm. is this the way I want to be? Um, yeah. presenting myself and that 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 loop around um, really gives you on the best side of things an opportunity to change it not spend the whole day and then go home you know have a right. bottle of wine right. <laughs> or two and right. and right. then regret it you know <laughs> it, instead it's being able to acknowledge a small thing and not let it um, keep going. So you talk a lot about um, contagion. <laughs> your first book is uh, Contagious Culture. And then, you know, your next one coming out, I cannot wait. I know you've been hit away, like trying to get it done. Um, but contagious you. So what what do you what does that mean to be contagious? So, so, you know, I think anybody listening to this, you and I both can relate to that person that walks in the room, and then all of a sudden, you feel the energy in the room drop, or mm-hmm. we're having a conversation, and uh, I am really low vibe, but you're feeling really clean and clear, and all of a sudden, you start to feel yourself getting exhausted just talking to me. Have you ever experienced that? Yes, I have. Not yes, with you. You, <laughs> you and I, it's like energy to energy bouncing <laughs> off each other, but... So, so contagious is basically just the idea that our energetic vibration, our emotions, they are contagious. And you can witness this just by walking into a room where you've got six people that are super, super happy and one person walks in and that person's energy is really, really heavy and they're in a really negative mood. Generally speaking, speaking those six people will start to, the, the energy of that room will start to drop because those six people will start to match that lower vibration unless... Somebody in the room, which is you and I now as we're talking about this, or anybody listening to this, because once you have awareness, you're it. Um, (laughs) Unless, you know, somebody in the room can hold their space really well and stay clean without getting sucked into that contagion. And so we're contagious for good or for bad. All of us are. I don't care how much you do, how much work you do on this stuff, myself included. This is my body of work. I have to work on this every single day and being really conscious and intentional about. How am I showing up? How am I taking care of myself, like my food, my water, my self-talk, you know, sleep, every, every single way that I could think of self-care, you know, my um, everything. How am I taking care of myself so that I can hold myself and, and my space as clean as possible so that when I'm confronted with negative energy, I don't catch it. And also so that when I'm out in the world and I go into a negative state and I'm having a grumpy day and I'm having a moment that I'm more conscious of what I'm projecting and I'm more able to quickly recover. And as a leader, that's essential because so often we get so busy and we're moving so fast and we walk into a room and we bring that energy with us and it sets the tone for the entire session or meeting or conversation or whatever it might be. Let's take a quick break so I can tell you about this show's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by MMR Live. Creative briefs, KPIs, brand strategy. Are you really capturing the impacts of your brand experience with the people you're trying to reach? Chances are you're not. With the help of MMR Live, an experienced strategy agency, you can actually operationalize what your creative brief sets out to do. 
Visit MMR.live to learn how to add KEIs to your KPIs to maximize your key emotional impacts, improve every brand experience, and earn a greater share of wallet. I think there are a lot of people, especially in my audience listening right now, who do feel a lot like their life is lived in a fishbowl. I feel like that. (laughs) And I don't know why I put uh, glass um, doors on my office because (laughs) it's just like it's just reinforcing the feeling some days. But, you know, I'm traveling a lot. I'm on stages a lot. I am the higher energy in the rooms a lot of times, and I do feel that pressure. But you just offered us a couple of of quick resources to, to teach us how to show up and to lean into this experience. So you talked about the contract, expand, that's like an awareness. It's like notice when you're contracting, notice when you're expanding, and sometimes even just taking that big, deep breath in order to, you know, uh, expand instead of shrinking Mm -hmm. back. And you just mentioned Mm -hmm. the bubble, like holding your bubble, holding your space so you can protect yourself against that um, negative energy and and hold on. So what are a couple of other resources that you offer um, for people who are having that experience? What can they integrate into their day-to-day practice? Oh, sure. Well, first, I just want to say I would be completely remiss if I did not just say your your easiest route to showing up, your quickest pathway to showing up is your breath. So if you're ever feeling overwhelmed, contracted, anything, you take a deep breath and you get present. So there's three things. There's three things that I look at over and over again, and this will not surprise you. It's your breath and your level of presence. So the minute I'm breathing and I'm being present to this moment, I'm now at choice. The second thing is your energy and how you take care of it. So if I, we cannot lead from burnout. If I'm not taking care of myself and I'm super exhausted and I get on this call with you, I can't be my best from that place. So it is a requirement and a leadership skill. Then It's not a requirement. Let's not make it a requirement. It's a leadership skill and a leadership practice to take excellent care of ourselves so we can serve other people. And the third thing, Priscilla, and this is to me, this is the get out of jail card, which is uh, checking in with my intention. If my intention for what I'm about to say or do or whatever, if my intention is clean and pure and it's in service of being a contribution to the other person or it's in service of love, like let's just shortcut it there. If my intention is clear, I don't actually have to worry about my presence because it kind of takes care of itself. Mm-hmm. So Dealing I, I want it from the inside out. It's got to be the inside out. It's you know I, I I look around today and we've got all these tricks and tips and hacks <laughs> and all this stuff and for joy and you know it's like all this stuff and and they're great they're fantastic and I also believe that a lot of times that's working from the outside and we want to work from the inside out. So when you're at your edge, just take a breath. And get really present and just check in, what's my intention here? And if my intention, for example, if my intention, getting on, let's just say getting on this call with you. Let's say my intention is that I want to get on here and I want to look really good and I want to be really brilliant and all the good stuff, right? <laughs> if that's my intention, our interview, the energy is going to be off. It's going to, like, I might say all the same things. I might, I, who knows? It's not going to be as good as it could be. And I'm not being in service of because I'm actually more focused on me and my ego. If, however, before I get on this call, I am thinking, all right, I want to connect with Priscilla. I want to be of service to her audience. I want to be of service to anybody that even gets a minute of this conversation. I want to be of service, and I love the people that are listening to this. If I come from that place, my nerves go away. My contraction goes away. Me having to do things right goes away. Everything goes away because my intention's clean. Hmm. So 
it, that's, it's an important point. You know, I just got back from a retreat. I took a couple days off and went on retreat and kind of disappeared and was really thinking deeply, like doing some really deep work around this work. And what are some of the things I take for granted? And one of the things I take for granted is this idea around intention. The intention has to be in service of something bigger than ourselves. And when it is, it opens up a ton of possibility. We don't have to worry about how we show up because we're going to show up organically. And then that's where the authenticity comes in and it becomes much more pleasurable and blah, 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 like that. That really resonates with me because when you think about some of the, the, the you know, vortexes of negative mm-hmm. energy that we all get into on our own and whether it's our thoughts or uh, negative reactions with other people or outside um, influences or whatever it is, I find that those conversations are typically pretty petty. Mm-hmm. They're pretty small, you know, Super. they're, they're pretty yeah. like, and they, and they also tend to be very broken record-ish, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. you know, as opposed to this idea. And, you know, maybe in the boardrooms, it's not as popular to say that, that, you know, a leader wants to come in in service of love. But certainly in my boardroom, that's what I want to, to hear. Right. Um, right. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. that is the humanity of it all, right? And it, it is this mm-hmm. interesting dance and dare we even say forgiveness in this context, too. It's a forgiveness of other people around you for how they don't come through, how they can't show up maybe in that moment, how you've not been able to show up in different moments and, and you know, how, how we will eventually, you know, fail on, uh, on this if we keep that idea of perfection, but we will not fail if we keep this idea of practice. Well, it's, it's practice. And then here's the other thing, like here, here's a fun one to think about with forgiveness. So with forgiveness, the way that I hold forgiveness now in my life is that So if you think about the word forgiveness, I'm going to forgive this person, that can have contracted energy Mm because there's efforting in that. So instead, what if everybody is walking around doing the very best they can, including ourselves, and so therefore there's actually nothing to be forgiven because they're showing up the best they can in that moment and we're all on a learning curve. Oh, I love that what you're saying because it is effort. It's like it puts it puts all this like, oh, you know, I ought to do this kind of thing. But it also has that tone of accusation. If you're forgiving someone, they they hurt you. They did something wrong. And yeah, it is already a negative conversation. Right, right. That that is great. Yeah, Yeah, that is really great. Yeah, so it's kind of like it's it's like you know I'm I'm a really big fan of uh, words and states of being like release, surrender appreciation, trusting. I, I think when I think about for, forgiveness, this has been something I've been really looking at over the last couple of years. It's like, there's no forgiveness needed because everybody's doing the very best they can. So let's just show up and know that we're all on our path and we're all doing our very best. And I, you know, I show up in ways that I would have preferred to have done differently and you do and we all do. And so therefore let's, we're all in this together. So let's just, let's just keep staying focused on the impact we want to create and being in service of each other and in service of the things we want to do in the world. And then all of a sudden, now we're focused on the right things. And it all things like, oh, I got to forgive, or I got to do this, or I'm busy, or I got to look good, those kind of start to go away. Right, right. Yeah, that's because the vibration is 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 yeah. tuning tuning into it. Well, yeah. I have to say one other thing that you provided I found absolutely fascinating was your IEP sheet. Are you still giving mm. that away on your site? Completely, yes. And thank awesome. you for bringing me back to tools. I yes, I'm sorry, everybody. I got so excited about these, <laughs> these bigger things. So the tools. So yes, to answer your question, you're you're so Priscilla, you're so lovely about the way you ask your questions. Thank you, um, and thank you for bringing that back. There is a special sheet at IEP.io um, that your people are welcome to. 
It has the IEP sheet. It has a presence toolkit for teams. It has a virtual toolkit. Um, it's got all sorts of good stuff. So yes, you are welcome to that. Please use it. Um, we put them out there as resources because one of my intentions is that anybody can access IEP if they want it. Mm, I love that. And I, I think when, if you thought about people intentionally setting a tone that is in service to each other in meetings all over the world, mm-hmm. what, a, what a powerful you know experience, what a powerful amount of impact you're having. That's really that's really beautiful, you know, to think about. And the sheet is amazing. I mean, it does not matter how many times I fill it out. It's like got a big meeting, got to walk into something. Okay, let's just let's just check in because you know, as leaders too, um, you know, and I don't want to exclude all my audience, but almost all of us lead in some capacity somewhere. But as leaders, it's like how you know we may be the person walking into a room and asking everyone to check in but who's asking us to check in and that's that right. self-care that you're talking about and that that you know that that practice that really sets that uh, thought process as non-negotiable well and here's here's the other thing with that is that as leaders so there's so as a leader of your organization if you're in a position of leadership and you're especially you're you know just if you're if you're responsible for helping other people grow in their relationship then this becomes even or in their leadership excuse me this becomes even more important and when i think about leadership i don't care if today is the first day of college for you or the first day in your career and you're not in a leadership position, every single human being is leading their life. Right. And so if you're leading your life, this is for, uh, you know, stay at home parents. This is for kids. We've, we, I've been using this with my daughter who's only 13 years old. I'm like, do your IEP sheet today. And she's like, IEP doesn't work for 13 year olds. However, it kind of does. So, (laughs) um, you know, it's, it's for any human being, this work, this idea of intentional leadership is for any human being who wants to have more impact and wants to create a life that they love and also feel good doing it. So it doesn't, I, I would, I, I always just volunteer. It's, it's don't, if you're not in a position of official formal leadership, like you still can do all this because right. Yeah, I just, I just want to offer that. Well, um, let me offer an, another thing, too, because I knew we were getting <laughs> on this podcast soon. And it had been, I mean, you've been you've been pretty deep in the book. So I think it's been maybe about two months since we talked last time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We, we got on the phone last time. And I don't know, that went a couple hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that was that was just amazing. But um, right before we were going to do this, um, this interview, I, you know, I'm, I'm subscribed to your blog. And there was a really great new article you did that was called Do You Rescue? help take care of support or serve and oh my gosh shout out what a great you know and, and of course you know I mean your, your your blogs are really you know high quality but it they're also very distilled and mm. there's not a lot of fluff there and I find that even the energy in the writing is let's just move on to this let's go here let's go here mm. you know it's just it, it, it has clean energy in the way it's written. And so um, what was interesting about it was really to see from a different perspective that every different way that people approach leadership or approach a moment has different energy. And it's not mm-hmm. that one is right or wrong, mm-hmm. but it is this, you know, in your last ad- ad- uh, admonition on the blog was to say, okay, well, choose with intent. <laughs> <laughs> and I just totally imagine you being like, okay, ciao. <laughs> um, you know, um, it, was su- it was super great. But um, I really oh think people would like that, you know, that blog also because it is in this, in this kind of introductory way of, of, of starting to think 
about your energetic presence. And then the sheet, I think, then, you know, just dovetails into that nicely. But I don't want to let you off without talking about your book because I want more people to read what you do. Um, so Contagious Culture was awesome. I, um, Anise and I are friends, but no, I do not have a copy of the new one yet. But I would certainly love to have you come on once uh, once that's all back and, uh, and it's out there. But it is Contagious You. So tell me about this book and and why why there was another one in you what what needed to be talked mm. about mm, mm. okay so all right so contagious culture is you know if you re- look at that book that book is about you know most people bought that book because they're like oh great i'm gonna create a contagious culture and they got into the book and they realized that the first three sections of that book are mostly about you like how you're showing up and <laughs> then the it. last <laughs> dang it doggone it but i thought i was gonna fix everybody else <laughs> right that's exactly that's that's why that book still does well because people are like oh great i'm gonna create a contagious culture and then they read it and they go oh man i'm the culture <laughs> so that book was um really designed to or written it was like my love letter to the world of here is you know here here's you you are contagious you're making the culture and the last two parts of the book are about culture and really digging into that and how do you create a contagious culture now and everything because the thing is most people think that culture is you know created by everyone around them and the c-suite and all the rules and all that good stuff and while those things matter and those things do have an impact what I find is it's actually every single person starting with yourself is creating the culture. So that was contagious culture. So then after that, it's been about three years, three and a half years since that came out. And it's been really lovely to go and talk to people and speak and be in rooms with people that have been integrating that that book into their organizations. And so I kept getting recurring questions or recurring questions were like, well, what do I do? You know, I'm working my IEP and I'm doing really well with it and I'm noticing a difference at home and blah, blah, blah. However, what do I do about George? You know, George is always the, it's my pick on person that I always talk about, you know. <laughs> you, yeah, you always use him in your vlogs. George or Georgette, George or Georgette, right? Like what about George or Georgette? You know, they're not doing it. They think this doesn't apply to them. So I kept getting that um, then I would meet George and Georgettes and they would be like, oh, this has nothing to do with me. Like, that's really nice. My team needs this. I don't need it. So there were recurring themes that were coming up. There were people that, that were um, wanting to optimize even more. There were people that wanted more tools to be even more positively contagious. There were people that wanted more, uh, a deeper practice of IEP. So uh, Contagious You came about because I wanted to really address those questions. And this work has grown so much, Priscilla, in the last couple of years that there was a new level of awareness I had around the power of the intentional energetic presence and these three things when you put them together. And so this book is about 93% brand new content, um, new tools, new frameworks to really help people become even more intentional leaders and to help them really work on their work on them work on themselves uh, first again so that they can create that contagious culture. And so that's, this is, you know, contagious culture was for culture and business and all that. Contagious you, still for culture and business and really, really, really going more deeply into you as leader and then also how you navigate Georgia's and how do you, you know, how do you actually help uh, unlock the potential in George and Georgette by the way that you show up without getting sucked into it and then wrecking your own leadership. So, that's- well, it gives me hope to think, you know, if we, you're also busy teaching a lot of the people, a lot of these new tools and frameworks. And 
I am just so excited to see in the next year this unfold and more and more people begin to truly understand and own IEP so that they can teach it and it become really, you know, hit a point of saturation in our communities, in our workplaces, so that really in the end, people are honored. They honor themselves and they honor the people around them. It's, it's, really amazing. I cannot wait to to read the next one. So that would be so nice. That would be that would be so nice what you just said. That's such a beautiful picture. I love I love the way you're speaking to it in terms of honoring honoring themselves and others. It's beautiful. Well, a lot of people talk about culture. And I, I I'm sure you've been in these boardrooms. And it's kind of like this culture, because it's cool, not right culture, because wow, I really do love people. Or, right. I really right. do believe that people should have a place where they feel like this. Right. So that right. intention, you know, I'm sure I'm sure you have been even hired, you know, sometimes and and then them you know having the reaction like, "Oh god, we didn't realize we had to change." Right. Yes, all 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 the time. <laughs> Absolutely. And and you know, and then the thing is this, is that there's that first moment of like, "Wait, what? We wait, we got to do the work." And then mm. there's a moment of contraction where, where people go, no, this isn't about me. This is about everybody else. And then there's a moment of liberation because the minute I realize that I'm the one that's actually contributing to creating a negative culture, or I'm contributing to creating toxicity in my life, or I have relationships I don't love. And I realize that I am contributing to that. The minute I realize I'm contributing, now I have all the power because I can change me. And so it's actually, while some people will get frustrated at first going, wait, I'm the culture. It's actually such a gorgeous gift that we have because now you've got control. I have no control over anybody around me except for myself. I have zero control. So I can't do anything with that. However, I have total control of me. And so therefore I can show up my best and I have more of a chance of influencing and changing culture by the way I come to everything that I do, which is a superpower. So, and a choice. So I think it's very But it's interesting because often we do make the choice to leave things the way they are. Sure. Even when we could step in, you know, my, my husband, uh, uh, a lot of my friends call him Yoda. And uh, he will often say to me in the middle of a problem, well, you know, when you figure out what you get out of it, then mm-hmm. then we'll start we'll start making having some good conversation. Like, yeah. What do you mean? That person does this to me. I don't get anything. How, how, what, what, what could I possibly get out of it? Oh, I get something out of it, all right. And and I get something out of keeping it, you know, sure. keeping the status quo. But what a more beautiful life to be called or um, compelled into um, making a different choice. And well, and there's and oh, sorry. No, I, good. Yeah, just that that that's I, it. Yeah, because because my mouth my mouth is watering with what you just said. Because there's also such power in your husband saying, "Okay, well, when you want to change it, let me know. I'm here for you." You know, because he's not trying to force you to make a decision. He's not trying to you know, um, change you. He's not trying to fix it, which would actually probably create more resistance, but just naming like, Hey, you know, Hey, this is where you're at. This is what you're choosing to do right now. Okay. Fantastic. When you're ready to shift, let me know, like just naming that and letting that be okay. A lot of times deciding not to do anything is the most powerful. We can powerful decision we can, we can make, you know, okay. I have this relationship that's not working in my life. Do I want to fix it right now? No, actually I don't. Great. I've just made a decision. Now I'm at choice. I'm conscious of it. The the minute I make a choice, then it has a way of uh, kind of diffusing some of that contracted energy around it. And now I have new information and I can make a different choice. Or as you say at the end of your blogs, (laughs) choose with intent. (laughs) 
choose with intent. <laughs> choose with intent. I um, I remember a couple of years ago, my little girl, she was getting ready for school, and I came downstairs, and she was eating her cereal, and she was in a really bad mood. And I said, "Hey, what's going on with you?" And she goes, "I'm in a bad mood, mom." And my first instinct was I wanted to fix it. You know, I wanted to talk her out of it. Well, how are you doing? Well, what do you need? Well, da da da. And uh, I stopped and I said, "Okay." I said, "Well, do you want to change it?" And she goes, "Nope." And I said, you want to stay in a bad mood? She said, yep. And I said, um, how do you think your day is going to be if you're in a bad mood? And she says, pretty bad, mom. My day is going to probably be pretty bad. I already know this. And I said, okay, well, let me know if you need anything. And I let it go. And the energy of that was so great because from a parenting and a quote unquote leadership standpoint, I wanted to get in and fix it and move her forward and move her out of her pain, right? She needed to have that and she needed to have that space to be able to have her own process. And as soon as it gave, as soon as we both gave it full permission, she's able to go to her day. She came home that day and she said, I changed my mind at recess to not be in a bad mood anymore because I realized it was going to make me have a bad day and I just didn't want it anymore. Nice. And so it, it, it's like, it's a silly little example. And it's one of my favorite for thinking about how the, the inclination as a human being can be to want to force ourselves out of a state or force ourselves to be happy about something or force somebody else to get out of a state. And sometimes just making the decision, I'm going to stay here right now. That's the gift that we give ourselves. Well, I do like one thing about when you speak is exactly kind of the space that you're holding right now. You're able to really take people's questions because they're struggling with the idea. I think you honor that and it's like, okay, I can't quite wrap my mind around how it is I can affect this situation. But, you know, in in all of your speaking and working with uh, in boardrooms and in, 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 in embedded into incredibly siloed cultures or, you know, wonderful cultures or, you know, all the different uh, speaking and engagements and, and training that you've been able to do. What's some of the worst advice you've heard? And what's some of the best advice that you've heard out there about how to move forward? Mm, okay, worst advice I've heard is that you have to show up a certain way. I, so that's, that's, that's the word. So I so there's two ways I would there's there's the worst advice I've ever personally heard, which which was kind of in alignment with that to me, which was that I would never be able to do great work. Um, if I showed up authentically, if I showed up my authentically, and I think, I don't know if I was wearing this when I met you, but, uh, my authentically is usually jeans and boots and I'll go into a yes, big organizational <laughs> meeting in jeans and boots, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was, that was advice I got from somebody just saying, you know, you're never going to be able to create an impact. Um, if you show up that way, like you just can't, and that was terrible advice. Well, I would, I would say that advice actually moves to what I see, um, in organizations today or with people is that you have to show up a certain way. So as a leader, because you're a leader, you need to make sure that you're always strong. I think that that is not great advice. It's not true. Mm. Um, what, do you, best, what would you say to that? What would, what, did, what great advice would you give to that? Um, I, I say that you show up authentically, you show up as yourself and you be aware of and responsible for your impact. So show up as yourself, bring all of yourself with you and be incredibly conscious of the intention behind what you're doing and how that's impacting the room. Because if I can show up authentically and then be really aware of my impact, I'm now in a position where I can see if I'm having the impact I want to have or not. And if my intention is clean and I'm in service of, then I'm more likely to show up authentically anyway. I'm being very quiet because I'm really thinking about what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit of a yeah. Mobius strip. Yeah. It's a little bit of a Mobius strip. Yeah. 
So I, I, I could talk forever about this with you, and we have done so. Yeah. <laughs> um, you've got to go to IEP.io. This is a fantastic and very very easy it's just it's it's so easy to wrap your mind around this concept when you see this form that sheets a a, just a a really great way to to think about setting the tone properly the next meeting you have the next um, phone call you have the next you know team um, um, event whatever it is that you have that you're facing make sure that uh, you check in so that you can show up and have the impact that you truly want and let it be truly your impact, like Anise is saying. So real quick, Anise, let's let people get to know you real quick. Let's do our last piece of our podcast, which is a rapid fire style. So what is, are you a podcast girl? And do you, what, do you have a favorite podcast to share with us? I'm a podcast girl. Uh, these are, this is an impossible question because there's so many good ones. So I'm just going to say, <laughs> True. Um, I like, I have to give you two. I've got, I like Tim Ferriss's podcast and I also like Beautiful Writers podcast. Beautiful writers. I've not heard that one. Okay, oh, I love it so when I get beautiful. a new one. Yes. Uh, what about an app? Do you have a go-to app that's that's super helpful? I imagine that you'd use some meditation apps. Oh, no. You know what? I My favorite app is Todoist. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hey, show up. That. The authentic, Anise. <laughs> that, that's my favorite because it clears my mental energy. It helps me. It, it, I love that app. It's. I know it's It's probably, it's not a sexy answer. It's true. <laughs> That's cool. Um, are you a big reader? What what book are you reading? I mean, obviously, you know, you spend so much time, like, uh, you know, sequestered writing your book, and it's such a such a process. But do you find that you can still read other books while you're doing that? Uh, I don't read a ton of books when I'm writing a book. I I do know I have a couple books that I go back to a lot. So I, I'm a really big fan of, uh, I have read Ignore Everybody by Hugh McCloyd and also the Book of Joy by the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. I love those two books. I always go back to those. They're kind of on two different spectrums and, um, those are my, those are my repeat readers. Oh, I love it. Okay. I'm getting good stuff for my list. Okay. What about, uh, do you follow a blog, any other blog? I mean, you're a great blogger. So uh, is there something that you're, you're reading on a regular basis? You know what? I'm going to give you a terrible blogger writer answer, which is no. I I I'm not a big blog reader. I what I will do is instead I'll get on like LinkedIn and I'll I'll read through different articles that get popped up that 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 really resonate for me. So that I don't I don't totally go into one. That's totally how I work too. Really? Uh, yeah. I, I there's like maybe two that I follow a little bit more religiously than that. Maybe three. Ooh. Um but yeah, that's that's really interesting and I find that I I usually pick up on certain people who share certain things. They obviously get my mojo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's, it's true. I mean, even writing a blog. So it's funny because I would not even think of myself as a blogger. However, I have this content I want to get out. So I'll write on the blog, but I never think, oh yeah, I'm writing on my blog. Your stuff has been featured in Forbes. (laughs) I know. I know. I know. It it really is. It's a, it's funny. So this is what happens for me when I write an article. It's a conversation I want to have with the world. And so I write it and then I go, okay, here. <laughs> Whatever. It's just so funny. It just always is like, I guess it's harder to see uh, what others see so easily. But uh, Anise, this has been an actual joy. 
loved doing this show, and you are welcome on my show anytime. I know my audience is going to absolutely love this. I've been raving about you for a while, and so everybody is probably like, oh, Priscilla, finally, just put her on the show so you can stop talking about her. <laughs> but I won't. I'm not going to. So so make sure you get a chance to read Contagious Culture and coming this fall, um, 2019, it's going to be Contagious You. I want to give one last plug here at the end for the amazing poem that you wrote. You left us with you. And we're just finishing it last year when we were when we were talking out in um, in Tiburon and in California, and it is about the leader you will be. And so, can you give us a little plug about it because it was touching, moving, inspirational, all that rag- wrapped oh. up. Oh, thank you. Um, I oh, I love that poem so much. That so the poem it, it's it's something that I crafted. It was a divine download from just working with amazing leaders and companies, and also working with their biggest challenges over the last twenty years. Um, it's called "The Leader You Will Be." It's one thousand and three words long. Uh, Priscilla, you got to see me share it live, and we turned it into a little book. Uh, because we had so many people asking for copies that I had my designer um, draw a really beautiful storybook. So it's now a leadership storybook that you can get. And it's it's one of my favorite things I've ever done. It's very different than other books I've written. And that was incredibly intentional. And so it's, it, a, it's I mean, a nice you compliment. Can, you can use it with your, you sit there and, and read it to your girlfriends. You can read it to your spouse. You read it in the boardroom. You can read it to your kids. It's just so applicable. And, and it has just that absolute, absolute uplifting takeaway. So you know, go check you know it out on, online. She's got it on her site. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, you know what else is really fun about it is that if you look at Contagious Culture and you look at Contagious You, Leader You Will Be came in the middle of those two. And it's really fun because I didn't realize this until afterwards. I was just performing this poem last week. And as I was going through, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's in Contagious You. Oh, my gosh, how to do that is in Contagious You. Oh, my gosh. So so, so basically, everybody is BFFs. Anything that I ever write, they all work together. <laughs> They're all best friends. I don't even necessarily realize it when it's happening, and that's how it happens. So. Well, I count it a privilege to count you one of my BFFs, and I well, am so appreciative for you to come on here. And we're always doing, every month we're doing a crazy giveaway of things that we love, 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 and we'll be sure to add uh, some of Anissa's books. And for sure, the a poem. It's just, you'll absolutely love it. And then once you buy one, then you'll realize that you need to buy one for everyone in your life. So, <laughs> Anise Kavanaugh, thank you so much for joining us and explaining IEP and, and just really bringing us up, bringing us up and offering us the opportunity that we have to be our best self at every time. Thank you so much, Priscilla. Thank you. That wraps up this episode. All the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing wish you a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.